Thank you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Hedges from RJ Hedges and Associates, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey there, pharmacy community. It's Todd Yuri, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast, bringing in interesting topic topic that I've been looking forward to uh, getting an update on and we want to welcome back uh, to the podcast show I think this may be the, the fourth or fifth time that um, Mr. Jeff Hedges from RJ Hedges and Associates is with us uh, good morning Jeff how are you great how are you doing doing very well so um, was glad to see you at the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Association meeting uh, they had their annual um, conference, and we got to catch up a little bit. You brought some things to my attention, and in doing so, I thought we definitely had to get you back on the show. So what we're going to do first is just give the listeners an overview today, and that is um, changes to Medicare Part B and D. And if you just give um, a light overview, after the overview, I'm going to have some questions for you. Okay, sounds good. Well, we'll start with uh, Medicare Part B. Uh, the biggest thing in the uh, in the DME world that's happening uh, is the end of August. CMS has issued a new Medicare Quality Standards, uh, and they made it retroactive to June first, two thousand fourteen. The Quality Standards uh, in the main section uh, it's been reformatted. Not a lot of changes there. But where the changes really came into play was in Appendix C for orthotics, and it's orthotics off the shelf. Uh, most uh, facilities that are doing back braces, cervical braces, uh, uh, and a variety of other braces from the foot to uh, the fingers, all the extremities, uh, they had to have, a, at minimum, a cert- uh, certified orthotic fitter and that fitter had to be certified by either the American Board of uh, uh, Certifications for Orthotics, Prosthetics, and Podortis, or uh, by BOC, or the Board of Certification Accreditation International. They were the only two recognized uh, agencies. But what CMS is, they have taken, taken all of the uh, braces and orthotic braces that were fitted by an orthotic fitter, not an orthotist, and they made them off the shelf. What that means is that that whole career field has been eliminated. Uh, this is We're still waiting for the final rule for it to go in, but my best guess is that this is going to start on January 1st of 2015. Now, for the pharmacists, what this means is, is that you have another opportunity uh, to dispense different types of products. So all you have to do is uh, get manufacturer's training. The two large companies that are out there are Autobot and Aspen. Uh, they provide most of the braces. And everybody's seen these braces. And the, when you see someone with a boot that has injured their foot, uh, someone's been in a car accident, they have a cervical brace, uh, all these fall into that category. Now, all you need... And, all you need is manufacturer's training, which takes about an hour, an hour or two. But caution you, you want to also look and make sure 
that your liability insurance will cover you for these type of dispensings. Um, if you're using pharmacist mutual insurance, I already know that's in their plans, but uh, as far as all the other ones that are out there, they cover different bits and pieces, so you would need to talk to your insurance agent. So, but that's the big things with, uh, uh, with Medicare Part B. Now, moving over into Medicare Part D, uh, and to a lesser extent, Part C, which are being combined, <clears throat> we're seeing uh, large audits, large-scale audits from the insurance company. They, uh, most of them are being done by either Catamaran or by Humana. Uh, PerformRx and some of the other ones are starting to get on and on with this, and they're requiring specific policies and procedures to be in place from return stock to uh, expired medications, uh, adherence, uh, and uh, medication error reporting, all these types of things that we've never had in the pharmacy industry to write a specific policy and procedure. Now, there's no standard, so as long as you have a policy and procedure, you're in good shape. But most people don't have anything on this on the pharmacy side. They do if they're doing DME because they're forced to through accreditation, but not on the pharmacy side. Uh, as we're moving through that, now we move into uh, medication adherence and synchronization. Uh, this is a new program that started earlier this year, uh, and it's probably the most important aspect of pharmacy that's ever happened. Uh, for years, pharmacists have uh, been complaining that they want to be considered healthcare provider. They want to be uh, they want to be considered uh, part of the patient's healthcare team, and that they get paid for their contributions to the patient's healthcare. Well, that's what this has done. Uh, everybody's heard about Quip, uh, Merxa, Outcomes MTM. These uh, organizations are the monitoring. Uh, organizations that monitor your scores through Equip, Works and Outcomes is where you manage your patients uh, for the insurance companies. And you're paid uh, to do all this. So for an MTM, for example, you get paid $60. If you're doing uh, during that MTM, you find an intervention, which would be a pair of diabetic shoes. Uh, they would, a patient would need a flu shot, pneumonia, uh, Zostabax, all these are considered interventions. And both you and the uh, prescribing physician both get uh, a $20 fee for that intervention. And physicians are now being graded in the same manner uh, that uh, what pharmacies are right now. So it's forcing the two healthcare providers to work together. And this is built perfectly for independent pharmacists. Because you already have a relationship and you'll be able to work together for the common good of your patient and raise your uh, equip scores, take care of the patient. And when you do the adherence, you will be able to get at least one more fill per year by doing that. So just by adherence, you're going to increase your dispensing by one-twelfth over the course of the year. In addition... Uh, synchronization makes you focus on uh, your workload. Uh, what happens is, is that 75% of your workload throughout the month drills down to 12% of your patients. 
when you look at it from that point of view, you can then manage your workload. Manage your work isn't being reactive. You're being proactive. So when you know that patients' uh, medications are due to be filled on Friday, you actually start working on that on Monday or Tuesday to get that taken care of, depending on when your sync dates are and how you want to set up your synchronization program. So, Jeff, I always wonder why the federal government obviously does what they do, as I'm sure we all in some way think that, and uh, reasons for the federal mandates uh, for accreditation and audits. What are those? What What's the what's the reason behind all of this? The for Medicare B accreditation, the focus was is to eliminate fraudulent providers uh, and get them out of the marketplace. And they have. They've a lot of a lot of folks have been uh, put in jail uh, because of the accreditation process was cut the fraudulent process uh, or forced out of business. On the same token. Uh, the fraud, fraudulent people are finding new ways to invent, come into the, into the market so they can... Um, but it is uh, uh, facilities that have embraced the accreditation process and work with that. They've actually streamlined their business processes and tightened up some of the things that they've been doing over the years. Uh, from the federal government's point of view, as far and then on the pharmacy side, uh, there is no federal mandate for accreditation, even though there are five accrediting bodies now that offer pharmacy accreditation. Uh, this is going to be driven by the insurance companies for pharmacy accreditation, and I see that happening in different spots in the country already, where you have to be accredited for pharmacy to be in the Part C or Part D plan. Um, but anyways, but going back, uh, the federal government is pushing all this stuff down on the pharmacies as part of the Affordable Care Act. But what happens is, is that they've researched and found that the patients are not adherent with their medications as prescribed by their physician. Our, the readmission rate back in the hospital soars. Uh, when they go on to an adherence program, it just drops uh, off the chart. Uh, everything changes when the patient is adherent. And that's why CMS, the Health and Human Services, is pushing the money through the insurance companies and then down to the pharmacies to, um, to manage the patients and ensure patient adherence. And by doing that, your uh, pharmacies with higher equip scores are going to receive higher reimbursements for the same product for people who have low equip scores. And they're also going to receive end-of-year bonus checks from the insurance companies for high scores. And there are several insurance companies now that are making plans to do that in December 2014. Now, I'm cautiously optimistic that they'll do it because well, everybody has good reason not to trust the insurance companies. But on this case, we just follow the money. And, we, and that's how I am so sure that this is going to work. And it's positive for pharmacies if they embrace it. So you mentioned to me, um, obviously, some stats. Um, Medicare, Medicaid fraud is estimated to be between $500 billion and $750 billion annually. So obviously, there's need for um, some of this uh, requirements and mandates for accreditation. And 
the auditing that happening happens, um, I understand it. It's, it's quite frustrating as a pharmacy owner, obviously. But um, when I start to kind of drill down through this, uh, you know, why uh, this is kind of happening, now we get to um, ensuring that we stay ahead of it. And I like the fact that you mentioned the compliance audits. Um, and those these are different from star rating scores, um, but obviously they're equally important. So if I'm a pharmacy owner, um, kind of give me some pointers uh, on Medicare Part B and D as to uh, what steps I need to take to prepare for, um, you had mentioned, uh, January 2015. Okay. Well, for Medicare Part B, it's all about the documentation. Uh, you have to have a valid script. If the physician orders a product that's exceeding the Medicare allowable, you have to get a CMN or a detailed written order certifying that physician uh, wants this. And this all needs to be accomplished before you bill. And in most cases with pharmacies, when they bill, they bill through the pharmacy software. So when they get the label, they're certifying that they have all the paperwork there. Um, and then you just have to maintain all the paperwork. You got to get all the signatures to see required and document all the products. And it's not that difficult, uh, but it's detail-oriented. And it's very easy to miss, say, for example, if you're doing a rental item, you miss the capped rental form. It's very easy to do that. Uh, there are ways to streamline things, uh, which we have done for our clients. And there are the old traditional ways where you're getting patients to sign seven to ten times for, uh, for a pair of diabetes shoes or diabetes straps. Um, and that's where we're at looking at. It's mainly audits on the, uh, from Medicare over on the Part B side. And Medicaid has now been funded to start doing this as well. Uh, RAC audits will be starting up again soon. Uh, that's when most of these audits occur. Uh, now, when we move over from Part B over to Part C and D, then at that point, everything is being driven by the insurance companies. Um, the insurance companies are coming in and doing their inspections, their audits, and the inspections that they're doing now are, are different than the traditional audits that they've come in where they pull 50 to 100 prescriptions and they go down through it. They're coming in and looking at your operation. And uh, they're still doing, uh, other departments are still doing those uh, audits where they're going through patient files. But these audits that Catamaran and Humana are doing and some of the other ones are starting to do it are all based off of your operation as a pharmacy. And then we still have the federal government with the Office of Civil Rights doing HIP inspections. Uh, they changed the, uh, if you have a Medicare Part D number, you will see an on-site inspection from a government subcontractor, no less than once a year. And, uh, and then we have uh, the OIG for fraud. So all this stuff is going on simultaneously and in dual tracks. You shared with us, um, you shared with me the, on the slides that you presented uh, at the um, at the PPA conference, just different things that happen if you miss uh, some of these details, um, which is considered not being in compliance, and um, it's kind of scary in some ways if you're an owner to to kind of take a a, um, a look at everything. Do you see pharmacy owners starting to um, assign a, a very specific member of their team to kind of being the um, 
audit um, pre preparation person on the team that could possibly take some coaching from you and then and then implementing these um, these uh, assurances? Yes. Uh, you do need to have one key person at the pharmacy. It does not need to be the owner. It does not need to be the pharmacist in charge. Uh, it's, it's a key member of the staff that, so, uh, that oversees the compliance of the pharmacy, both from a regulatory point of view as well from a, an insurance enforcement point of view. And then that person <clears throat> delegates and oversees everything that's happening, and then they report back to the owners. Well, I uh, just wanted this to be kind of an overview summary. I know the listeners uh, that are concerned, I want them to be able to reach out to the team. Um, rjhedges.com uh, is the website. Once again, rjhedges.com. At the bottom of the podcast, there will be a link to the website so that you can get more information. Reach out to the RJ Hedges team. Uh, Jenny's ready to help out. Tammy is ready to help you guys out. Um, obviously, they'll be scheduling some time, possibly, with Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you're a champion in independent pharmacy. We very much appreciate what you do, and I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Well, and uh, we're going through a revalidation of ourselves, and our goal is ensuring, ensuring our clients are compliant. And everything we do focuses on that goal. And it's all, um, all about making sure our clients and pharmacies are adherent, are compliant. So it's not just one set of organization rates. Well, um, Jeff, thank you so much for the information. I'm sure the listeners are going to be curious. I uh, like it once again, reaching out to the team is easy, uh, rjhedges.com. And um, thanks for being here, Jeff. Okay, well, thank you all, and have a great day.